What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, June 24th, 2015, and you guys are listening to episode 214. How is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a great week in between shows. Uh, I especially hope all of the fathers out there had a great Father's Day with their children. I know that I did. Uh, It was pretty cool. I had my dad over the house. Uh, I'll talk about that Um, as the show goes on. Got a lot of cool stuff to talk about uh, today. And um, yeah, just uh, saw a few movies I want to talk about. I'm getting addicted to this Netflix thing because now that I got this 70-inch screen, man, it's crazy. So I want to talk about that. Um, Talk about some funny stories, some things that happened. And uh, of course, the unacceptable, some things that... uh, Just some things that really bothered me this week, some funny stories, so uh, we'll get right into it. But first, as always, we got to get to the sponsors, to the advertising. And, uh, of course, the Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Um, Just a ton of amazing stuff, and uh, if you're a comedy nerd especially, and uh, they're going to actually be doing some uh, upgrades to the website, I believe. He's uh, comedian Dave Gavry, funny up-and-coming comedian, working hard out there in Chicago, put together a great site. And uh, every time I look at it, there's more and more comedians, comedians that you know, also comedic actors. As a matter of fact, um, the woman who played the, uh, I believe, the German, I believe she was the German uh, girlfriend or... She was the the German, uh, just a German uh, woman. I'm sorry, I don't know about girlfriend, but in Super Troopers. So, um, and her name is uh, Maria Tornberg, and she played the uh, the German chick in the uh, Super Troopers. And what what I found out is um, that uh, he, she was interviewed, and she will be her her interview with uh, Dave will be on GonzoFame.com, and there's actually a petition out to get her to come back in Super Troopers 2, which they're doing. And uh, I will post up the, um, you'll see a post or a link on my social media somewhere, and you could go to it, um, but uh, you or you could just go to Google and just uh, type in, like, bring the German uh, woman back to Super Troopers 2, and I'm sure the petition will come up, but it'll be there somewhere. We'll have it up there for you, but uh, to get Maria um, Tornberg back into uh, the Super Troopers franchise there because they're doing the movie again, but uh, yeah, check out the interview. He does a great job with the interviews, and um, you know the site is growing constantly, so I'm happy to be working with them. That is gonzofame.com. Also, uh, Brookings Mediation and John Burton who uh, do an absolutely great job of uh, just, you know, just uh, helping people settle debts and, um, you know, bankruptcy and divorce. Brookings Mediation is a uh, not a law firm. They don't give legal advice. What they do is they're just kind of, you know, they'll just sit down with both parties, not represent either of them, just try to settle the dispute with them. And they save you a ton of money. They are so much faster than going the legal route. People don't even know about that. People don't even know that they could actually have a mediator uh, and not pay huge fees for lawyers. That's when I. That's why when I was talking to John about this thing, I was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like people spend thousands and thousands of dollars on divorce and they don't realize that like the law is pretty much set. 
So you can just settle it without going to all these awful court dates and waiting and spending a ton of money. And that's what they do. It's faster. It's cheaper. It's easier. They help you settle debts and go through bankruptcy way quicker. And here's the best part. If you call John Burton and Brookings Mediation at um, at 800, uh, I'm sorry, 877-415-7770 or go to brookingsmediation.com and you say that you came from uh, the Verzi Effect podcast, you will get a 30% discount on top of how much money he's saving. It is an absolute no-brainer, and it is nationwide. And the best part about John is every first uh, consultation is free. It's a first phone call. You could call, talk to him about it, and uh, it's free. So it's a no-brainer no matter where you are in this country, if you're going through something like that. And, you know, times are hard. Everybody's going through something, whether it's divorce or bankruptcy um, you know, just having a ton of debt and doing all that stuff, uh, he could really help you. So please go to uh, brookingsmediation.com or call 877-415-7770. Tell them that Paul Verzi and the Verzi Effect sent you and you will even get a 30% discount um, on the rates, which is just an insane thing. So please do that. It's faster, it's easier, and uh, you can get a lot of burdens off your shoulders without having to go through all the uh, the legal mumbo-jumbo. So uh, happy to be working with Brookings Mediation. Okay, everybody, let's get into the show. Um, and you know, you know the show is on uh, All Things Comedy Network. Go to allthingscomedy.com and uh, follow them on Twitter at all things comedy you can see a ton the best podcasts the best stuff and um you know might even be working on a project with them that i'll tell you guys about uh in in a little bit but uh, all things comedy is the best and the verzi effect podcast is happy to be aboard with them okay now let's get into it here um got some really cool stuff got some cool stories this is going to be like a calling out people type of thing because let's be honest, some people need to be called out, and we talk about the unacceptables on the show, right? Everybody has unacceptables, everybody sees stuff that's ridiculous, everybody sees the bare feet, sees the rude, inconsiderate person, gets the door, you know, holds the door, they don't say thank you, you know, I dealt with that today, we have that, but the one thing that needs to happen more and more is the calling of calling out of the people that suck, calling out these dicks and really just like letting people know. And I really feel, I know it's funny to say, but I really feel that my podcast is slowly like, I don't know, doing that in a weird way. Like it's it's definitely making people say things or, or at least making the people that listen more aware to see it and where they wouldn't say it before, now they'll say it. But um, I, I actually had a situation like that happen. So I'll talk about, I'll talk about that, and we'll do uh, we'll do the unacceptables, and then we'll get into the the Father's Day stuff and everything. So, what happened was, I uh, went to the mall, with my family, and we're walking around the mall, and we're, you know, we didn't know what to do for dinner, and it was one of those things where like you're at a mall, so what are you gonna do? So I was like, fuck it, I'll go to a Cheesecake Factory. I get there, and they said it was a 75 to 80 minute wait. Now listen, okay. 75 to 80 minutes for a cheesecake factory, that's a little much, you know, I mean, like I said, it's not Rayo's in the city, it's not like, you know, it's not some incredible, unbelievable, 
undeniable every meal is I mean listen it's a cheesecake factory it's okay they have some good food you might get a good meal there it's not Applebee's but 75 to 80 minutes you know I'm just not doing it especially with two little kids so now we're walking around trying to figure out what to do where to go and it was just one of those nights you ever have those annoying nights where you just can't figure out dinner one person wants something and you just can't figure it out and then it starts to get too late and one person's like, forget it, I don't even care if I eat, I'll just snack on something. And it just became that fucking nightmare with two little kids and, you know, one of them wanted, you know, one of them wanted this, one of them wanted that. So finally, we um, finally we end up in the food court. So I was like, okay, my son wants pizza or my daughter wants this or whatever. My wife probably would get something, you know, some Asian dish, Chinese, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll get something, whatever. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not picky, so I'll just get something. So it just turned into this, like, annoying meal night where you just don't know what to get. But then I look, and I see a Chick-fil-A. Now, I love spicy chicken anywhere. Anywhere. You give me buffalo chicken anywhere, and I am on that shit like, you know, I go if even if I'm at a shitty place and I see like oh boneless buffalo I just get it. Chick Fil A actually has really good chicken. Like I like their chicken, um, and I know that they had some anti-gay shit, but you know what? I don't. You know, they got good fucking chicken. You know what I mean? Like my father was fu- is fucking racist growing up in the Bronx in the '60s. You know what do you want? Some guy makes a comment. I'm not gonna not eat the fucking chicken. So, you know, they put pickles on it. It's incredible. I'm going to eat it. So, and I'll, I'll, while I'm chewing, I'll be like, yeah, the guy that runs this place or somebody said something, they're assholes, but I'm eating the fucking chicken. You know what I mean? A chicken got slaughtered. You know what I mean? Like chicken, you can't kill a chicken. Like that chicken lost its life and needs to be eaten. It's not fair to that fucking chicken, you know, to, to not eat it because the guy that, you know what I mean? You can't, you know, that chicken died. That chicken lost its family. That chicken could have had a family. That chicken was a father. I mean, I'm sorry. That chicken was a mother. Uh, <laughs> you know. And uh, I, I'm eating it. So I go there and my wife is like, well, take care of the kids first. So I take care of the kids. And I pulled a good husband move. Here's what I did. It was a good move. You guys learn. You guys can learn this. This is a uh, definitely a good, a good thing to do with your woman. So pay attention, okay? I don't usually have these gems all the time, but occasionally I come up with a masterpiece. So, especially when you fight, but I'll I'll get to that. So I get my son a pizza, I get my my daughter pizza, and they're eating their pizza and they're fine and they're happy. So my wife says, I'm going to go get me Chinese food. So I go get Chinese food, but I see like the platters that they have and there's some stuff I know she doesn't like. So I go back and I say, hey, I'll stay with the kids. Why don't you go and pick? Because you're a picky eater and I don't want to get something and have you be like, why'd you get this? I don't like this. So she goes, all right, fine. Good idea. So she goes, she looks, I'm with my kids. She comes back and she goes, forget it. I don't care. Now I know she's mad. And my wife, like when my wife doesn't, like when the meal's not right, I do a joke. My wife wants to know what she's having for dinner at like fucking noon. I don't know if it's all women or my wife. Women love to fucking know what they're eating early. So... She goes, just go, get get whatever. Go to Chick-fil-A, get whatever you're going to get for yourself. I'm just not going to eat. And I go, I'll get you some chicken. You want chicken? She's like, no, I don't know how it's going to be. No, no, no. Now I'm fi- not fighting, but she's like testy. Now normally you walk away and you say whatever. 
but not this guy. Not this time. I go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go there and I'm going to find something on the menu at Chick-fil-A she likes. And I'm just going to get it without her knowing it. She's hungry. She's getting in a bad mood. I'm going to give it to her. So I go. And they had like these little nugget bites and these strips and this chicken sandwich. So I get this spicy chicken sandwich. And I get um, some nuggets for the kids. Nuggets for my wife. But like good strips or whatever that they had. And you know, it was pretty good. We got the dipping sauce or whatever. And probably the first fast food I've eaten in like, I don't know, months. I don't eat the shit anymore. It's poison you put in your body. I'm not eating. It's ridiculous. But Chick-fil-A, I've never gotten sick. I feel like it's a better quality chicken. I just, I don't know. I like it. It tastes good to me. So I go back and I give it a Chick-fil-A. And she takes a bite and she nods her head and she goes, oh my God, thank you. This is great. So we're eating and everything is good. It's so good that I'm like, holy shit, we got to get a little more. I'm still a little hungry. I knew my wife was still a little hungry. So I was like, I'm going to go get like another six piece or whatever, whatever it is. I'm going to go get some more chicken. Now the first, the food came so fast. Like by the time they handed me the receipt, they called my number. It was amazing. So I think it's going to be like that this time. Now it's a little more busy. I go up there. There's a kid sitting there, you know, just like pretty boy blonde kid. Just sit there. Can I help you? And I'm being nice and I'm being respectful. And I go, uh, I go, yeah. Um, I go, I'm going to get this and that. And he was like, would you like this? Would you like that? And I said, yes, sir. And I'm calling this kid who's probably 10 years younger than me, sir. Yes, sir. Yep, cool, thank you, being really respectful, letting the kid know that even though he's working at a place like that in the mall or whatever, that I respect what he's doing, I'm going to show him the respect and everything is good. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I see people start getting their number called, and I got a literally a six piece, like it should have came up. So the box comes up, and you know the way they slide it down? There's individual slots, like it says six piece, eight piece, this and that, and one box of chicken slides down. I think it might have came in the eight piece, even though I ordered a six. So now a lot of time goes by. I'm looking. My wife is looking. The kids are like, what's going on? We're tired. We've been running around with the kids all day. You know, it's time to, it's time to go. So I walk up and the guy goes, can I help you? And I go, yeah, actually, I'm still waiting on that chicken. You know, and I kind of look at him and he's like, starts like getting all like looking around. And then he looks in the window and I saw that box sitting in the window and I had a feeling it was mine from like seven, eight minutes ago, which is a fucking eternity when you're in a mall. And he looks over and he walks up to somebody and he just go, he comes back to me and he goes, your chicken is sitting right there. And that's when it clicked everybody. And I go, holy shit, this is my moment to actually say something. And I just looked at him and I instinctively I go, and after being nice to him, but like he kind of like, I feel like he almost mis- mistook, you know, my kindness for weakness at first. So I was like, yes, sir, that's great, great, everything like that, you know. And and all of a sudden he goes, uh, your chicken is sitting right there. And I just go, yeah, I know, but it needs to be sitting right here. And I put my hand out. Like in other words, it needs to be in my hand. And he just goes, oh, oh, okay, okay. And he ran back and he goes, yeah, yeah, this is yours. I'm sorry, it's an eight piece. They gave you two extra pieces of chicken and I left. And I got to tell you people something. It felt so good 
to just look him like when he tried to go, your chicken, he literally like pointed and kind of did that. Uh Oh, it's sitting right there. Your chicken is right there. When I tell you how good it felt to just look this kid in the eyes and go, yeah, I know it needs to be sitting right here and put my hand out. That's when he like ran to a manager. They scurried for stuff and I got the shit that I needed to get done. And for anybody that would say, oh, that guy was a dick. No, I got my shit. I got what I needed to get. And it was awesome. And these people need to be called out. Now, that's not my unacceptable at all. I'm just saying that was one thing as far as calling somebody out on something that is unacceptable. It's like, that's not my problem that it's sitting there. You understand that? That's not my problem that you guys put two extra pieces and put it down the wrong slot and slid it down the eight piece when I said six piece. So in the computer and in my uh, receipt in my hand, my ticket says six piece, but everybody's ignoring this eight piece. Nobody knows where it comes from. Instead of asking somebody who's been standing there for seven, eight minutes, oh, is this yours? Maybe we made a mistake. Let me see your ticket. And then calling them out and just saying it was fucking awesome. It felt great. Here's another one for you. Okay, and I'll talk about this. Actually, I'll talk about um, Father's Day now. And then I'll get to, um, I got two great stories. Two great stories that my dad told me on Father's Day. Um, So I invite my father over for Father. My father is free. Um, I know I haven't talked about my father much on the show. And to be completely honest, um, I'll just say to me and my dad have a uh, unique relationship. And, uh, you know. I don't like to talk about it much uh, publicly. Uh, I love my dad. My dad loves me, um, you know, and unfortunately things just happened, um, you know, growing up and with my parents' divorce and stuff, which, you know, changed a lot of things for me growing up, you know, normally with my dad around, I guess. So whatever, Uh, it is what it is. But my dad is still, you know, very much a part of my life. He lives not far from me. Um, you know, he's in his grandkids' lives, and, you know, he comes over. He came over for Father's Day, and uh, it was amazing. It was a great day. Uh, I always love seeing my dad. I always feel, you know, uplifted after I talk to my dad, no matter what's going on. And uh, my dad is a character, very, very funny guy, uh, sometimes without even knowing it. Just a hilarious um you know, just an old school, 100% Sicilian guy who grew up, like, if you saw the movie A Bronx Tale, like, that's the way it was in the 60s, you know, the Italians on one side, and, you know, they stuck together, and, you know, whatever, um, so, my dad uh, comes over, and we, uh, we ate an amazing meal, man, we had, we had this just amazing Italian meal, and, and my wife made this insane salad, and, you know, we're drinking wine, and we're having a great time, and then we go to, um, my dad smokes cigars, which is great. Um, so me and my older brother and my, uh, dad, we go, we get a cigar and we go into the park, um, over in the bordering town it has a nice park and you know, the women stayed here and just hung out and relaxed and talked while we went to go smoke. And my dad told me this story. My dad called somebody out and it was great. Um, he went to this neighborhood and, and here's the thing about, uh, Sicilian people. We have something and I didn't realize it. And I don't know if I have it as strong as my dad's side of the family does. 
Um, I know they have it really strong. I have it and I initially have it at first, but then sometimes maybe I'll talk myself out of what I'm feeling. But as far as judging something and knowing something is right or wrong right away or knowing what that person's about or knowing how that feeling is, it's insane on my dad's side. It's insane. And I was actually talking to Bill Burr about it and Bill thinks like I'm, I'm really good at it. He's like, dude, he goes, when Verzi doesn't like something or doesn't like somebody, dude, he knows and he's right. And uh, I, I'm really good with it. But like, I am like on a scale of one to 10, I'm like a seven. And my dad is like a fucking 12. It's insane. Okay. I'm like, he just goes with the, his antenna's nuts. So he tells a story about how certain groups of people, he was just talking about like these cunty people in Connecticut and these people with their nose up on everybody and thinking they're better and have more money than everybody. So he tells a story about how he asked this woman who in his mind he knew for a fact was a local. He said, excuse me, can you tell me how to get back on the highway? And this woman just looked at him like she didn't want to be bothered and she goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not from here. And she just kind of brushed him off. And my dad literally goes, don't tell me you're not from here. Okay, I can look at you. I know you're from here. Just tell me. I'm just asking you how to get back to the highway. Can you please tell me? And she looked at him for a second and then bursted out laughing and goes, yeah, yeah, I know you're right. And then actually told him where the highway was and he got on the highway. Like she gave him the right directions. He just called her out. Like, don't fucking play. You're better than me. You don't want to be bothered. You do live here. I can tell by, I, I know you live here. And it's amazing like that he did because anybody else would have been like, all right, and just kept going. And he was just like, no, I know you're from here. So you got to tell me. And, and she fucking laughed and was like, okay, you got me. Here's another thing that's pretty amazing. Another great story. My dad told me. So my dad doesn't like to fly. My dad kind of doesn't like to fly as much. Um, not not as much as me because I'm, I mean, I, I was on like 28 flights last year. The year before that was almost 20. I mean, I'm flying constantly now and I'm still like whatever. But, you know, um, my dad doesn't like to fly. And my dad's at an airport. I was telling this story yesterday at the stand and people were like, what the fuck? This is pretty nuts. My dad's at the airport and... He's sitting down, and this was a while back, not like many, many years, but I would say maybe a few years ago, maybe two years, three years, and he's looking around, and his fucking antennas are up, and he sees, and this is nothing again, this is just true shit, man, this happened, he sees these two Muslim guys sitting there, and they're looking at a website, and one of the Muslim guys is looking at this family. It was a French family with two little kids running around happy. Little kids, though, toddlers running around. And one of the Muslim guys stopped looking at the website and started looking at the family and started crying, right? My dad's watching this. And this guy just starts crying and crying. And the other Muslim guy is getting pissed and saying stuff in another language, which my dad interpreted as, "What? get your shit together, stop it, get mad at him. And the serious Muslim guy was looking at my dad, kind of picking up on this. So my dad kind of casually, nonchalantly looked at the website they were looking at, and it was some like Muslim mosque or just some kind of Muslim type thing. And my dad was like, dude, this is not right. And my, and my dad said that he saw the Muslim guy looking at the family crying 
as if he was feeling bad for something that he was going to do or just it was just a really weird thing and you know and and that's just how my dad felt right or wrong whatever that's what he was feeling so the guy who was serious was looking at my dad and saying this guy's looking at us whatever so my dad goes I knew something was wrong but I needed to be sure and the only way I could be sure is if I go to the bathroom and if I go to the bathroom and this guy follows me to the bathroom then I know so this is fucking crazy, dude. My dad goes to the bathroom and the serious Muslim dude gets up and follows him to the bathroom and my dad plays it cool in the bathroom and the guy's waiting there and the guy doesn't take a piss, doesn't do anything, just kind of is like feeling out what my dad's move is going to be. So now my dad knows something's wrong. So he goes back and he talks to the airline and he goes, look, I saw these two Muslim dudes. They're looking at some shit on a website. I'm not trying to scare people, but this is what I'm seeing. This is how I feel, which is completely fine. And if anybody had a problem with that, they can go fuck themselves. So he's like, this guy's crying, and he's looking at this, and I see what he's looking at, and the guy follows me, and I just feel, I feel uncomfortable. On the flight where they were going, they were going down south. On the flight, they did not serve drinks. They stood in front of the cockpit. They actually blockaded it like they were just standing there on guard. Okay, for the whole flight. When they landed, two fucking marshals got on the plane and took those guys off the fucking plane. And didn't say a word to anybody. Just got up and got them off. So they might have... So now, whether whether anything real was going to happen, whether these got No matter what, it's just kind of crazy that... You know, it, it was just kind of a crazy thing. And my dad has that kind of kind of thing in them, and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts, so, um, those were really cool stories to just hear and talk to, you know, talk to my dad about on, on Father's Day, and, and it was nice, because, um, it's probably the first Father's Day I spent with my dad, and I would say, shit, you know, maybe 15 years or so, you know, because, you know, usually it's, you know, usually we don't do much, or usually, you know, I'll play golf, and I just go and do my own thing, but it was, uh, it was cool. It was definitely cool to be with my uh, my family, my dad, and I hope everybody else had a, had a good one and stuff, you know. Because it's nice where no matter what you go through in life, if you're around the people that love you and that you love and that, you know, you're close with, when you just could, like, enjoy a meal for a day and sit and laugh and smoke a cigar and be with that, that, that person, it's the best, you know, any of those people. So, uh that was my father's day, and uh, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, being with my kids and, and my kids having me around on Father's Day, and I wasn't traveling or anything like that, so kids were just running around, happy people were there, and, you know, eating good food and, and just being with them and stuff, so uh, that was that. All right, so what else do we have here on the... Dude, if I saw a Muslim guy crying, looking at a mosque on a laptop, before I, I'm just, I'm not getting on the fucking plane, you know. I wouldn't get on a plane. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not. There, there's no way. I mean, this dude is crying right now. Uh, <laughs> it's just like ridiculous to me. Um, I'll get into my unacceptable, and then we'll get into your guys' unacceptable. Unacceptables will be much shorter this week, so do not worry. All right. We go to this fair, or I'm sorry, my little my little boy's um, little league barbecue. So there was no more games; it was done. So in the area we live in, all 
baseball, girls, boys, little league, was this barbecue, this insane barbecue place comes. Insane. I think it's called like Triple B. Yeah, Triple B Barbecue or something. It was just, it's in, it's the best barbecue chicken I've ever had. It's not the best brisket or anything like that because I didn't really have that. As far as like barbecue chicken, like drumstick or thigh, I've never bit into a piece of chicken that tastes like this in my life. It is fucking insane. Like it, it is so ridiculously good, tender, moist, and flavorful. I've never, it's insane. It's like the pulled pork version of chicken on a bone with the skin and everything just cooked to perfection. So I've done it a couple years and I'm like, that's what I look forward to. I'm like, oh my God, that Little League barbecue is insane. And they do the whole thing. But it poured and it poured and it poured. So they had to kind of rush through the trophies. You know, they have an ice cream truck and they have little like, you know, little things the kids could do or whatever. And there's a barbecue and they give them, you know, there's an ice cream truck, watermelon, all that shit. And then you leave. Right. So. My wife and daughter had to leave because my wife needed to take my daughter to one of my daughter daycare uh, friends' birthday parties. So now it's me and Lucas, and that's it. But before that happened, my son's coach, they set up a dunking tank where the kids line up and they throw the ball at the thing and they dunk the coach. And the coach is cool, fun-loving guy, showed up, brought a bathing suit, his kid's on the team, and he's like, all right, guys, five minutes, you're going to dunk me, and like, it's all fun, and all these kids are lining up. Now, parents are around. Now, my son, being the gentleman that he is, he gets in line, and he's waiting. And, and here's my unacceptable. All these little fucks, and I don't even care if some of these parents listen to my podcast. I don't give a fuck. All right, maybe it'll, maybe it'll teach him a fucking lesson. Now, I love the kids that my son is friends with. I think they're great kids. I think everybody up here is great. I really haven't met even any bad parents. But there's a couple of people up here that just don't have their kids. Like, they're just kids aren't acting right. And it annoyed me. Because my son is known to treat people with respect. He's known, he's just a gentleman. He's a sweetheart. And that's why my, you know, radar is always up more with him. Because... You know, he's he's just this nice, sweet kid, and he's waiting, and he's online, and all of a sudden, I notice, like, an older kid cuts him. Now, I'm looking for their parents, and then I'm just like, Lucas, keep your place in line. Keep your place in line. And then, like, this other kid, I was here, I was here, and these kids start fucking cutting him, and I'm looking at my wife, and my wife's telling me to calm down. Oh, they're just kids. They're just kids. So then my son tries to go back in line, and then the kid's like, hey, hey. Now, some of these kids are older, so now I look at the kids, and I'm like, whoa, 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 guys, stay in line. Lucas, get get your place. So then some of the kids back off, and I'm sitting here going, can any of you fucking parents see this? Is it just a free-for-all with your fucking kids? You know what I mean? It's like this guy's dunking people. And how about the you know coaches and everybody? One coach was like, no, no, we got it, we got it. But like my son just kept backing up on the line, and it was pissing me off to the point where like, and like these even these little girls, I don't give a shit if it's a little girl in a fucking little league outfit. Get the fuck in the back of the line, you little bitch. You know what I mean? You're going to grow up and be a fucking cunt like that and just jump in front of the line. It's like getting back in the line. A kid's waiting there patiently. It's driving me absolutely nuts, and it's unacceptable that no parent, because all these parents want to do is just fucking, you know, they're looking around. They don't give a shit, and I'm sitting there. I'm going, dude, let's get this thing done organized. My son's waiting there. He's getting cut in line. It bothered the shit out of me. Maybe I'm being petty. Maybe I'm overacting. I don't think so. I don't think I'm overreacting. It's ridiculous. It annoyed the shit out of me seeing my fucking respectful gentleman's son standing in line and all these fucking kids and it wasn't even a, a, you know when you see a line 
and it's not even a straight line. And that's the other thing. You can't even blame the kids because it's not a straight line. Oh, it annoyed the shit out of me. I'm sitting there, and thank God, one of the, I don't want to mention names, but one of the coaches on my son's team was so cool, and he goes, I got it, I got it, I see what's going on. Like, he saw. You know what I mean? He saw, and he was like, all right, these guys didn't go yet. These guys are in line, and he had it down, and I and I like that. But before that, and it's not even the coach's fault. One guy's not paying attention because he's getting dunked, and the other guy is paying attention, but none of the parents, none of the parents are like, get in a line and stop cutting each other. You know, and the kids that are nice and don't want to cause any issues are sitting there and these other kids. And it's like, first of all, you're fucking older, dude. You know what I mean? Like, let the little kids go first. Oh, my God. It and my wife just kept looking. I was like, this little bitch. I don't know who it was. Some little bitch just stepped in front of him in her stupid fucking flip-flops. And all I could think was this chick's mother has to be a cunt. I know that sounds awful. And I know that that's completely over the top. But it, it just was like, you know... I don't know. Cutting somebody in line is one of the thing is a is a pet peeve of mine. And I'll even tell you why. This is a deep rooted psychological issue with me. So maybe that's why I get upset. But when I was a little kid, see here we go. This is like therapy. When I was a little kid, my mother moved me. And when my mother moved me, these group of kids that were friends and I was like the lone new kid, they kind of eased their way in front and I just didn't have, like I was new, I wasn't going to fucking say anything. So I figured I'll let a couple of kids go in front of me and get nachos at a new school and then I'll go. And 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 so ever since then, it bothers the shit out of me when somebody cuts and my son was doing the same thing. Like my son's like, I'm not going to start an issue here. You know, and I just want to have fun. And that's the other thing. It's supposed to be fun. But the way you make it fun is you get them in a fucking organized line and you tell the little assholes to stay that way or they're going to be pulled out of line and not do the fucking activity. So then finally I just was like, my son is next. My son is next. And I'm not the crazy dad. I'm not the nut job. But what's right is right. And when these people are just like not caring and it's just some unorganized thing and these fucking rude kids are getting in front... I can't stand that shit. Unacceptable. Tell your fucking kid how to act. Why is my kid acting better? Why is my kid more of a gentleman? You want to know why? Because me and my wife fucking are on it and we make sure that that, that's the way that it should be. And some of these fucking people don't. And I don't give a fuck how much money these people have. Fuck them. Just standing in front. It's like, do you not see this little boy waiting there? Unacceptable. It's fucking unacceptable. And I know my wife would be actually mad that I'm doing this as an unacceptable. I don't give a fuck. I don't. I wanted to go, hey, little girl, back up. Get in the back. Get in the back. That's why you don't make the same amount on a dollar. Get in the back. No, that's a little too much, but you know what I mean. I'm just fired up. I'm pissing me off. That's my unacceptable. Fucking kid standing there like a gentleman. And these people are just like cutting to throw the ball. And then you know what? My son, when it was his turn, he fucking hit the thing and he dunked the guy. That's 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 a verzi. That's what I'm talking about. He was like, I don't give a shit when I go. I'm still going to knock it in. I'm still going to hit him. And his first one hit too. He threw, you get three chances. His first one hit, but he didn't hit it like flush enough. So it kind of nipped the top. And then instead of, then you're like, oh, that was his chance. No. And the second one, he just drilled it and knocked the guy in. It was the best. It was the best. Fucking cut my son. All right, that's my unacceptable for a week. Uh, I know half of you guys are like, wow, this guy's nuts. No, it pissed me off and you had to see it. You had to be there. Let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Not too many. 
We're going to do not too many. We're just going to flow through the show nice and easy. All right. This is from Mark Lanzo. Uh, or Lanso, or Lansau. Uh, and Mark says, So Paul, a while ago my jerk-off neighbor bought himself a, a project car to rebuild, which is fine by me, but this dickless asshole decided he was going to park it in front of my house, which is where I park my car. I let my wife park in the driveway for, obvious, uh, for the obvious reason, uh, for obvious reason, and the only other place to park is down the street by the small neighborhood park. It's a small, cramped neighborhood. So I asked him if he can move it, and he said uh, it doesn't run and he can't move it. I said, no shit, it doesn't run. It's a rusty pile of dog shit. He told me, well, it's not moving, so I can't help you. I turn around and walk back to my house shaking my head. When I'm about 50 feet away, he yells, oh boy, he yells out, yeah, just keep shaking your head. It took every ounce of energy not to grab my 1911 and pistol whip this fuck like Ray Liotta from Goodfellas. Great scene, and that's the frustration, I know. But instead, I did the nice guy pussy. I know, I know. Nice guy, that's, uh, all right, don't get me, all right. I did the nice guy pussy thing, and I just kept walking inside. I could barely sleep. This balding redneck cocksucker was all I could think about. The next morning when I woke up, I saw his car was not in the driveway. Wait, I saw his car was not in his driveway, so I took action. I ran, oh boy, I ran down to my car and got in and parked that shit in his driveway. Wow. I went back inside and waited. About two hours later, my doorbell starts blowing up. Lo and behold, old dickweed was at my door, telling me I need to move my car or he will kick my ass. I'm 6'2", 205, and have been part of a boxing gym for a while and wrestling back in high school. This guy is about 5'6", with a beer gut, has muscle mass of of string cheese. I tell him to fuck off and move his car. He tells me he's calling the police. Wow. A little while later, cop car pulls up, and I see him down there telling them about my car. So I go out and give my side... uh, Go out to give, go out to give side. I guess you were saying to go out to give your side. Okay. Long story short, uh, they told him to move his car or they will give him a ticket for having an uninsured car in the street. I have hated this low life ever since I moved in last year, but now, uh, now every time I see him, I just give him a goofy uh, ear-to-ear smile. The cages are filled up, Paul. <laughs> Yes, time to euthanize. I hear you. Uh, that's a great one. Good for you, man. Good for you. I know. It's the worst when you feel like somebody's taking advantage of you and you can't sleep and they're just a dick. There's nothing like telling. Like today, I took my son. Um, I was taking my son out of the bathroom at a burger joint and this guy's coming in and I held the door for him and he was just in his own world and I just go, yeah, you're welcome. Like, I, I don't care anymore, dude. I don't care anymore. These people need to know. Um, okay, this is a... Uh, this is a long one, but there's not many today, so I guess bear with me. And this is definitely not from the U.S., I don't think. 
this is from uh, Nomir uh, Actor or Akater. Uh Hi, Paul. I'll try to keep it short. I'm a fairly recent Burr podcast listener. Found your podcast through his. I've seen you perform at the Wilbur on my birthday, and you absolutely fucking murdered it. No, thank you. Uh, Being one of the only Giants for there, I especially loved the Giants. Patriots joke, both me and my girl loved your set. Oh, I guess you are from America. I'm sorry. I just looked at the name, and then I thought it was like in different writing when I first saw it. But no, it's not. So my bad. Uh... Now, before I begin my unacceptable, I'm 25-year-old Pakistani male, and my girlfriend is Caucasian. All right, so a few weeks ago, my girl and I went to a local diner in Jersey to have lunch. We were showing our seats, and everything was cool. Then our waitress came over. She was Caucasian and must have been in her late 50s. Uh, Now, women already seemed uncomfortable serving us. She made it pretty obvious by the hideous face she made as she was trying everything in her power to fake even a quarter of a smile. I didn't give a shit. I just wanted some damn food. We asked for a few minutes to look at the menu. When she came back, she asked my girlfriend if she was ready to order, and I replied, yes, we are. She was trying to avoid talking to me and kept facing my girl. I mean, my girl is hot, but... uh, but I'm not a bad-looking guy myself, so it couldn't have been that. That's fucking great. All right, here we go. So my girlfriend places her order. The waitress asked if that's all. My girl replied yes. Then looked at me to tell me. Uh, then looked at me uh, to tell the waitress what I'm ordered. Bef- but before I could uh, get a word out, the fucking cunty waitress speed walks towards the kitchen without saying a word. We were confused and kept looking in her direction uh, for the bitch to come back. Then she came back out of the kitchen and went uh, over to another table. We was confused as shit. Now, I don't like pulling the race card, so I kind of just laughed it off, but my girl was pretty furious. Instead of talking to the manager, we just said fuck it and left. Okay. Fast forward three weeks later, my girl and I are on our way to a comedy show, and we are running late, so we were in a hurry. I was starving, and the closest, most convenient place to eat was that same diner. Oh, boy. I joked about having the same waitress again, and surprise, surprise, we were blessed with the same depressed-looking-ass waitress. This time, my girl said, you have to order first. Don't let that skank walk away again. She had the same fake smile on her face, but this time she actually acknowledged me. I ordered my food. My girl ordered hers. Everything was cool. We asked for the bill immediately because we were in a hurry. Once we were done eating, my girl pulls out a bunch of cash. I told her, I'm only paying for the food. Don't tip. Okay, don't tip this dirtbag. She said, I would never. My girl basically kept pulling money out of her purse to tease the waitress just to pretend like we were going to um, tip her heavy. My girl kept waiting for the waitress to look to start flashing cash in front of her. Then the waitress comes over, asks if we need anything else. My girl counts her money, puts it back in her purse, and then says, Nope, nice, and uh, walks out like a motherfucking champ. Nice, good. This bitch was a waitress in the wrong business. This 
This bitch of a waitress is in the wrong business if she's going to show obvious signs of racism towards customers, at least fake not being racist like the rest of the world. Jesus Christ, you're going to live off of tips left by Caucasians only? Get in a fucking cage, you dirty cunt. Sorry for the long unacceptable. I'll keep it short next time. Thanks for the podcast. Definitely planning on coming out a lot more to a lot more of your shows. Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Nomer. I hope I'm saying that the right way. Um, yeah, you know, it's like I always say, man. Until you put somebody, you know, in somebody else's shoes, until you see what that person goes through, you know, it's easy to say to people, "Oh, man, you're always complaining." Oh, yeah, you know, this person's always crying. Oh, this person, you know. Do some people use a race card when they shouldn't? Yes. But do some? Do a lot of people use a race card when it's necessary and, and it's right, I should say? Yeah, of course they do. You know? I mean, it must have been really fucking hard to be like Pakistani or fucking from Afghanistan, you know, September 12th, 2001, when you had nothing to do with something like that. And that's just, you know, that's just human nature. People are like that, so... Um, I mean, that's a little extreme. People were mad at the time. I would have probably just fucking ordered in Chinese food for like fucking three years. <laughs> but thank you for the submission. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, sorry you had to go through that. Cause even though like you could laugh it off, it still fucking sucks. Cunty person. All right. This is from, here we go. This is from James Sue. Uh, I blame the incompetent food staff at the River Rock Casino. I ordered fish and chips at 8 p.m. <laughs> Some time goes by. I go to the washroom. Then I get back uh, at 9.20. Wait. I go to the washroom. And when I get back at 9.20, lost track of time of how long it was taking because I was focused on my poker game. My food is there. My bill already includes a $3 delivery charge. I say to the server, this took an hour and 20 minutes. You really expect me to pay for this uh, as well as a delivery charge? She then takes my food away. About 20 minutes later, the food and beverage supervisor shows up. She kindly introduces herself and explains to me that it's a Friday night, the kitchen was extremely busy, and that she apologizes for the time it took. Then she goes, don't worry though. We will take care of, uh, of your food for you. I really thought she meant that they were going to make a new fish and chips and comp it. Uh, about another hour goes by, and I ask the same server if she can check on my food. She goes, your food was thrown away. I go, okay, that's fine, but your supervisor said you're going to take care of it for me. She then explains to me that what she meant was that they weren't going to charge me for the food that was thrown away, and that if I wanted a new one, then I would have to pay for it. I should almost mention that another guy at my table ordered a wonton soup, pre-tipped the server by giving her 15 for a $11.50 tab, but when it arrived an hour and 20 later, he asked for all of his change back. Unfucking acceptable At least tell me the food's going to take a while when you take my order. Cheers, Paul. Because, yeah, that's... You know, they don't fucking care. They don't care. And I'm going to tell you something else, and I think that this is a really big part of the problem. Um, And I know that this is going to sound crazy, and I know people are going to be like, here we go. 
I'm telling you right now, there's too many people on this earth. Every time I drive now to the city, I feel there's just more and more people. People are fucking multiplying. There's too many people. There's not enough room. Look at mall. Have you been to a mall lately? Go to a mall. You got to drive around like a fuck. You got to stalk people to their cars to get a parking space now. That was never the case. You remember going to the mall 10, 15 years ago? It was never like that. The only time the mall used to be really busy was that one section of the movie theater part when a new movie came out that everybody wanted to see. So at 9 o'clock, you were like, oh, what's going on here? That's what it was. And the mall part was like fairly like, you know, now there's just so many people. Granted, malls might have gotten better, but there's so many fucking people that everything is packed. It still doesn't make it right for service. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses. You're 100% right, James. It's ridiculous. I mean, waiting an hour and 20 minutes, waiting an hour and 20 minutes for your food is preposterous. It's insanity. It's, it's almost laughable. But I just think that these people get overwhelmed. They're overworked. They're not smart. They're not on their job. They don't care about their job. They don't like what the fuck they do. When you like what you do, you're amazing at it. You know, and I'm, that's another thing I'm going to talk about on this show. Loving what you do because it just changes how you perform. But I got a couple more of these. Then I'll do, uh, I got yeah two more of these and then a, a couple on Twitter and we're done. All right, this is from Joseph uh, Tronkel. Uh, Tronkel. I hope I said that right. Uh, good day, Mr. Verzi. I'll get right into the situation which opened up the opportunity for this horrible event. I work in a small office down here on the Florida coast. It's my boss, myself, and once a week he has a secretary that comes in to do data entry every Friday. My boss's office is separate from our main area where my desk is and and her desk is. When she came in this morning, it couldn't have been more than 15 minutes before this kind older woman who sits about six feet away from me ripped a tremendous fart. Not only did it take my entire soul not to start laughing from the sound of this granny ass blast, but within moments I caught a whiff oh, of this destruction that smelled similar to the Ebola virus. Oh my God. Uh, I suppose it's harder for older people to hold their farts due to weak abdomen muscles, but fuck, maybe you could take it easy on the spinach and egg quiche breakfast and Bloody Mary you had on this lovely Friday morning before coming into the office to set the tone for a horrible weekend. Uh, The worst part is that I have to sit here the rest of the day next to her pretending like she didn't rip ass and stain the entire room's walls with an elderly woman's pugnant crop dusting uh, shenanigans. I wish my boss's office wasn't separate so I could at least try to have a laugh with him today about this catastrophic event. I'm currently having anxiety about whether my skin might be endangered of the toxic chemicals that I am breathing in from the nuclear leftovers drifting around the office space. Um, in times such as this, Paul, sometimes a cage isn't enough. Sometimes you need an airtight container fit for an animal with a contagious disease. I love your podcast. Thanks for the laughs. Love, Joe. That's hilarious, man. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you do? I mean, like, yeah, when it's old, you can't even joke with her. 
you know? Like, cause let's just say she was like 15, 20 years younger. You could at least be like, Jesus Christ, what'd you eat? And like both have a laugh about it and be like, Jesus. Or like if she, but like she's just older. So like, you don't know if she's got some condition. You know, she only comes in on Fridays. Lord knows what she ate the night before. And she's probably trying to just fucking let it go. Uh, That's brutal, man. I'm sure you and your boss had a hilarious laugh about it, which is great. Uh, <laughs> there's just thing, that's just one of those things you'll laugh at forever. Uh, that's brutal. All right, here we go. This is a short one here. This is from um, Chris B. Hey, Paul, TV hosts nowadays suck fucking dick. I love the opening sentence. Uh, you don't seem like a guy that watches much TV, so I'll make it fast. You know what? I really don't. But I did, I, I, well, whatever. I'll get into my thing after this, but I don't watch that much TV, but I'll get into it. I just happened to stumble upon Lip Sync Battle hosted by LL Cool J. That fucking guy is so unacceptable on so many levels, it makes me sick. LL must be in his 50s now, but still dresses like a 20-year-old. Grow up, you fucking dope. Do rags, really, buddy? I just wanted to rip it off his head and choke him out with it. Uh, maybe you can add some light on this. But um, but why on earth do old ass irrelevant rappers dress like douchebags? Someone needs to <laughs> roofie their weed and throw them in the cage. Throw them in their cage. A lot of love from the Great White North, uh, Chris Brown. Uh, thank you, man. And um, I can't stand hosts that fake it and you know they're faking it. And as much as I, you know, hate to say this about LL Cool J, he's fucking faking it. The guy needs money. He got a gig. You know, he's trying to act. He's in movies and stuff. You know, he's just faking it. You know, it's just like radio. Like, nothing is worse, though, to me. There's nothing worse on earth. And thank you. Thank you all for the... Um, submissions there's nothing worse than when the fucking radio station dj before a song like when they take a request they make a joke with the person who requested it it's it's the it is one of my least favorite things that has ever happened to to man like when it'd be like uh yeah i just want to you know dedicate this to my daughter who's graduating um, you know, she, she loves Taylor Swift and I just, well, I'm so proud of my girl. And if you could play this song and the guy goes, yeah, but now you really got to worry how she's going to college, right? Those nightclubs. Oh man. Right. And then like, they just try to say something and then the lady goes, yeah, I know. Right. And then they like have this fake laugh and it goes into the song. It's one of my least favorite things to ever happen. Cause the guy like thinks it's so clever and witty and it's just fucking not. It's just not, no matter how you slice it, it's awful. Oh, my God. Yeah. I As far as TV, I got to be honest. I don't watch a ton. I don't watch a ton of TV. Um, I, I'm, I'm really loving, you know, I love watching Netflix. I love watching documentaries. I love watching real shit. And I, I actually am going to talk about three movies that I saw. So... I'm going to get into that. Let me just do some of this. Um, let me do some of this um, Twitter unacceptables and then we'll get right into it here. So, um, not many. All right, here we go. The Chris Frost at MN Frosty Boy 
Yeah, that's a that's a regular. If this was a sports show, he'd be a regular caller. Unacceptable. Wrong way. Round one. Wrong way. Uh, round one way to park between two handicapped spaces. Uh, anyone <laughs> got a spare cage? And he sent me a picture, and uh, this guy parked over in the where the lines are. Uh, yeah, it's just a fucking awful parking. Uh, parking display there thank you for the submission this one bitch needs a cage on her phone barefoot in a movie theater feed her to jaws jaws 40th (laughs) and i just see a chick uh with her bare feet hanging on the bars it's just some people will never learn i gotta do something where like since bare feet is like such a big no-no i don't know if i should do uh Oh, by the way, the album the album's coming out in July, and it's going to be paired up with an unacceptable T-shirt. But I should just do something with like one shirt where like just a bare feet with an X through it because it's always there and it's awful. Um, let's see here. How many we have? Oh, yep, there's another barefoot. Patrick. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, I got the other one. Patrick at Patrick of the Burrow. D A B O R O. Paul Verzi at movie theater that serves food like a restaurant, unacceptable at either place. And there's a lady or a man. Let me see. Looks like a woman with bare feet cross lane in the lane in the thing. Barefoot. Another barefoot one. Um, yeah, I just I don't know how how shouldn't there be a sign that says that like there, there, everyone always has signs. Shouldn't there be a sign that says like no bare feet? Uh, this is from Kenny Lofgren at Ken underscore Lofgren, L-O-F-G-R-E-N. Over there from Seattle. I remember Kenny. Who the fuck is running ESPN? Why do they ever, uh, why do I ever have it on? Unacceptable. Yeah, it's, uh, they, it, it is turning into, and then he just showed me a thing with like Gronkowski doing something nuts. And it's just, it really is, it's just turning into like, they talk about all this off-field shit. ESPN, I got to be honest, I used to like make it my business to watch SportsCenter at night and I'm like kind of almost done with it. Like I just don't I just don't fucking care. Like I'll just check scores real quick or like if a highlight of something I want to see is on, but I don't like watch it anymore cuz it's just not as fun. Um the next one is from Alex Baniez at A and then uh B A N Y A S Z 23. Uh, 920-somethings sitting inside a beach house on their phones while the sun is out and the beach is a block away. Hashtag unacceptable. It's the world we live in, brother. I know. I hear you. Um, okay, this one is from Chris Kelton at Mr. Underscore Hilarious One. At Paul Verzi, Burr said on his podcast that you left another, you let another man work the grill at your barbecue you should have let him shit on your lawn as well. Hashtag unacceptable. No, that's not true. Uh, I don't know where Bill got that from. Bill was at my house once. What he might be referring to is I was in the backyard playing with my son and my wife started throwing burgers on or something. But the last two parties I had, the meal, the, the barbecue has been on me. So I don't know about that. I'll talk to him about it. Maybe, you know, maybe I was hammered or high or something at one of my parties and somebody just decided to put on the grill. But even when I was drinking, I put it, I usually do the barbecue. And so I don't know about that one. 
Thank you for the submission. Um, all right, let's see if that's it. That's it. Do we have? All right, here we go. Uh, Uh, Justin Pittman at Justin T. Pittman. Why the fuck do motorcyclists think they can just bob and weave all over the road to avoid sitting in traffic? Unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, those guys those guys do that, and they have it down to a science, but you know what, man? That, that's why they get... Somebody opens a door or moves, it's going to fucking... It's, it's not good. Um, this one's from Dan Phillips at Dan3481. Table of four next to us at Comedy Club ta- tonight. Talking through everybody's set. Surprise, surprise, they had comp tickets. Unacceptable. Yep, that'll do it. The comp tickets. They didn't pay for it. They could talk. Uh, this is from Good Boy O at Good Boy O. Days after listening to TVE episode 213, I'm still saying I like Tears for Fears in a thick Brooklyn accent. Unacceptable. <laughs> uh, glad you liked it. All right, guys, that's going to be it. Oh, no, hold on. Hold on. I got another one here. Um, this is from Grease Tank at F. Coletti. C-O-L-L-E-T-T-I-61. Guy in fitness um, takes up entire locker bench with his clothes and bags. Cage him. Unacceptably up. Takes up the entire locker room bench with his clothes and bags. Yeah, that's fucking... It's his world. It's his world. Oh, by the way, I want to shout out to um, Justin uh, Gatias. Gatias, I'm sorry. Uh, Gatias, I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Anyway, he runs the room at Heritage and Yonkers, the Wits and Whiskey comedy show, and it is such a great room, and I had such a good time in there, man. It wasn't that busy. The weather was bad, but I went in there, and I did a show, and, like, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't really like doing bar shows that much anymore or, you know, rooms that aren't comedy clubs or anything like that. But this was so fucking awesome and so cool. Had such a good time there. If you listen, if you're from Westchester or New York area and you want to go, it's once a month and you could just look it up. It's at the Heritage Bar in Yonkers and it's the Wits and Whiskey Comedy Show. I did it and it was an absolute fucking blast. Uh, Okay. So... We will talk sports, which will take about 40 seconds. And then I'll talk about these movies, and we will move on. Thank you for all your unacceptable um, submissions. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I feel like we're flying through a nice episode 214. I mean, let's be honest, guys. We talked about it before. But, I mean, the Verzi Effect podcast. I mean, let's be... I mean, if we're, I mean, we're going to talk... As my friend Giannis Pappas would say, if we're going to talk like adults... Then let's be honest, this podcast is the fucking shit. I mean, will this podcast go toe-to-toe? I mean, who put this podcast toe-to-toe with anybody's? That's right. Um, but I wanted to talk about this. And, you know, you guys know I fuck around. I'm having fun with you guys. But here's the thing. You have to do what you love to do. And I am so absolutely fucking happy and thrilled that I could do that. Like, the fact that I could just tell jokes and have fun and do my podcast and do what I love to do, you know, um, it's just really fucking cool. And if you have a good job where you're making money, don't take it for granted either, you know? If you have a good job and you're making money and you're living well, like, fucking, you know, do that. Like, you work hard, 
play hard, man. Go do things and fucking, you know, enjoy your, enjoy the fruits of your labor for sure. And if you're doing something you're meant to be doing or you're really good at doing, fucking, that's awesome. You know, but it's like, if you're, don't, and I don't want to sound corny or cliche, but people need to hear this more and more. If you're doing something, like if you're waking up and you fucking hate what you do, because I got to be honest with you, when I was in sales, I still liked it. Like when I started doing sales and I started to get good at it as a 20-something-year-old kid or 21-year-old kid or whatever, and I went door knocking and stuff, but like I did, like, I I mean, I always knew comedy and stand-up. I always knew that I was going to leave the corporate world and be a comedian, but just I, I at least was doing something where I could talk and be interactive with people and do sales. Like, do what you're at least good at. Like, if you even if you don't like fucking love waking up. I mean, I don't like. I don't think anybody at any like you're always gonna have a day where it's tough, no matter what you do, even if you love what you do. But if you truly fucking hate what you do, you gotta stop doing it. You know what I mean? Like, we all have bad days. You know, some of us love our jobs. Some of us like our jobs. Some of us just put up with our jobs. And that's all fine. If it's paying the bills and, you you know, you're somewhat happy, that's fine. I mean, you can't always fucking... Not everybody's just going to wake up and just be like, oh, this is the greatest day ever. But if you hate your fucking job, like, if you wake up and you hate it, you don't want to be there, you know you don't belong there, just fucking... I mean, I mean unless you're going to be homeless, just fucking leave, dude. Get out of the comfort zone. Just leave. Something good will happen when you leave because it's like that's what happens in this life. You know, one door closes, another door opens. But don't, like, I I just think about the people that absolutely fucking hate what they do. That is like jail. Awful. So that's my little message real quick. Just get the fuck out of it, man. Just get out of it. If you're sitting there like, I think I might do it. I don't know. I should leave. I'm ready to leave. I I think I got something lined up. I'm just afraid. If you fucking hate it, man, don't live. Like, don't live in fucking prison when you're free. Okay. Nothing's going on in sports. You have to, like, get into baseball until September, till football comes. So I'm trying to get into the Yankees a little bit more. And by the way, I just do want to say, all you fucking people hating on A-Rod, I was never an A-Rod guy. Okay, I'm not an A-Rod guy. He was always very robotic. He never felt like a Yankee. That's just real. You know, he's just, you know, whatever. But the fact that this guy got went through the shit that he went through for cheating, he did his time, he lost a year, he lost fucking so much money, all this stuff. The fact that the guy comes back, gets his 3,000th hit, which is a home run, he starts passing these people. I fucking love that he's telling everybody to shut up. And all these people are like, yeah, giving A-Rod credit is like giving a fucking this and that and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something right now. I don't like Alex Rodriguez that much, but let me tell you something right now. All you fucking haters and all you people who hate just because he's a Yankee, understand this and know this. Alex Rodriguez is probably better than any player that has ever played for your fucking team. Okay, do you understand that there's probably 10 baseball players that are better than this guy in history? Now, granted, he cheated, so you can knock that down as much as you want. But as far as, like, you haters, you fucking haters who were Royals fans, you haters who were Indians fans, you haters who were Twins fans, get the fuck out of here. This guy on a bad day could fucking put could put up numbers that your favorite player in that fucking thing. Give me a break. I'm glad he's doing it. I'm glad that he's shoving it up everybody's ass and everybody's saying, oh, this guy's this and that, and he comes back, and this guy's having a great year. A great year. As a matter of fact, I'm putting something on Facebook about this. It's pissing me off. 
But anyway, so you get into baseball until September because there's really nothing going on. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Knicks do, but also afraid because I know it's probably not going to pan out. All right, guys, I saw three movies, three, and I had a good recommendation. I got I forgot who said it to me, but thank you very much. Um, I did watch the documentary on um, a, a dog fight, and it's the backyard fighting in Miami that the guy um, Dada Five Thousand, you know, did. He was like, I guess, like a protege or whatever of Kimbo Slice. And for the people that don't know, it's basically about literally these guys made a, uh, like a fucking little ring in this guy's backyard. And a ton of people in the community came out and they bet on it. And these guys fought fist raw. It was like, it looked like prison fights, man. It was brutal, brutal. And it's a documentary on um, on Netflix, and I watched it. I was into it. It was pretty intense, really good. And I was like, man, you know, it's just crazy. It's just, it's just crazy um, how brutal it was and how some of those guys moved on and became MMA fighters. Uh, you know, unfortunately, some of them lost their lives, rest their souls. It was, it was amazing, but it was definitely a really good documentary. Um, not going to lie, some parts definitely hard to watch. But, you know, it was uh, pretty pretty entertaining and pretty damn cool to see and, and, and inspiring in, in, in different ways. Um, I also saw a movie. So, yeah, that one gets that one. I, I give that one a big thumbs up. Um, the Verzi Effect check of approval. And then I saw a movie which you guys would think I normally would shit on. A movie that's obviously a little far-fetched and could never happen, but... When I go into a movie knowing that it's just like there's no chance it could happen, like a like either a sci-fi or something, and like I just go into it saying, "Let me see what you know what this is about," and that was the case with this Adam Sandler movie, The Cobbler, because I'm watching shit on Netflix now, and I was I was sitting home today, and I was like, "Man, I don't know what to do," and my son was at school for a half day, and me and my daughter were downstairs, and my daughter was playing or doing something. And I just was like sitting there and I had a little bit of time to just relax for a second. And I was like, let me let me see what Sandler's up to with this movie. I read the synopsis and I was like, this looks different. This looks interesting. And I got to tell you, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just one of those days where it was like an afternoon, bored, not doing much. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It's basically about... Um, a shoe cobbler in New York who took over the family business. His great-grandfather did it. His grandfather did it. His father did it. And Sandler plays this guy who's got a shop from his father. And he's a shoe cobbler. And one of the machines goes bad. So he's got an old, old machine downstairs in the basement of the place. And he needs to use that. And when he uses that, he uh, tries on a shoe after using it and... He becomes the person. So like when so so when he uses this machine downstairs and then he puts on the shoe. So Method Man, the uh the rapper from Wu Tang is is in it. And he wants him to like fix up and repair a pair of gators, alligator shoes. So he repairs them, but as he's halfway repairing them, it breaks and there's like a deadline to get them done. So he goes downstairs and uses the magic machine and then by chance, he was just like trying on a coat and then he just put the shoes on with the coat and he looked in the mirror and he was Method Man 
and then he trying to tried it with other shoes and he realized that it only worked on the shoes that uh, were used with the magic machine downstairs and so now he's all these different people so when somebody comes in he could be that and see what that life is and do that and uh, but it was a lot more than that man like it had meaning and like his mother had Alzheimer's in it and he lived with her to take care of her um, I loved it I'm not gonna lie I really thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it so I would say watch it I mean it's it's definitely far-fetched obviously it could never happen but just one of those good movies you know that like you know going in um, and then today I saw inside out my son's birth went to a birthday party and like the parents stay and we watched this movie inside out new Disney Pixar and it was pretty good it was pretty good very clever it's about all the emotions in somebody's head anger sadness joy all that shit and yeah I mean I don't even really know it's just a kid's movie and I'm sure it's gonna be playing in all your houses if you have kids fucking 17 times a day um in five months from now but it was definitely uh it was really good it was really good so uh I would recommend all of those on Netflix dogfight the cobbler and, uh, you know, go take your kids to see Inside Out. I think you'll like it. I mean, parents were laughing. I mean, so oh, those movies are always a little more adult-oriented. But it was really good. So those are the reviews. As far as plugs, guys, this Friday night. Sound like a radio guy. This Friday night. No, this Friday night, I will be co-headlining the Rex Theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania as part of the um, Pittsburgh Comedy Festival. I found out there's going to be... A ton of funny people out there. So I'm looking forward to it. A lot of them are my friends. And it should be great. It should be great. So um, we're going to be doing the Rex Theater Friday night, 8 o'clock. Me, Joe Bartnick, some local comics uh, that are in the festival for the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival. It's going to be amazing. So come out to that. Also, July 7th and 8th. Now, these are tough days, I know, because they're weekdays. But if you're in the area, come out because it's going to be a lot of fun. But I will be doing... um, I will be doing the um, Funny Bones in Richmond, Virginia, and in, um, was it, uh, what's the other, Virginia Beach, that's right, I'm sorry, yes, Richmond, Virginia, and Virginia Beach, I will be doing the um, the uh, Funny Bones, so come out to those Tuesday night and Wednesday night, the first one is in Richmond, Then and I'll be with my buddy Chris Lamberth is going to be on the shows, so I'm, you know, working some shows down south, trying to get some more work down south, get some fans down there, and Virginia is one state that I have not performed in a lot at all, maybe ever, I, I actually have to look at that, I don't know, maybe, I, I'm just trying to think, but I swear to you guys, it is, uh, it's something that I'm looking forward to because I just want to get those fans and uh, get down there and show them, hey, man, I'm not forgetting the state. So come down to um, the Virginia uh, Beach Funny Bone on the 8th and the Richmond, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia on the 7th and the Virginia Beach on the 8th. Come out to those guys. That's going to be awesome. Uh, I, look, I look forward to it. Look forward to seeing you guys. Other local dates. Um, you could catch on uh, my website, paulberzy.com. Uh, and again, go to Gonzo Fame. My sponsor is gonzofame.com for the uh, best and most in-depth interviews. And if you are dealing with any kind of debt settlement, divorce, bankruptcy, please call John Burton. Um, 
at uh, 877-415-7770 or go to Brookings Mediation. He is helping people, saving them a ton of money, saving them so much aggravation, you know, out of the courtroom, away from lawyers. That's what he does, and it works anywhere. So if you're going through that, please call him or go to brookingsmediation.com. Tell him Paul Verzi sent you. You'll get 30% off. And uh, I know somebody out there that listens to this might be struggling with that. Guys, it's worth a phone call because it will help you. I assure you of that. Um, follow me on Twitter at Paul Verzi, everybody. That's V-I-R-Z-I. -I. I am very happy to announce that we are in the process of editing my album. The album sounds great. It's going to be something that I'm proud of for my first thing to be out there where you guys could hear me. Get it on iTunes. You could get it on uh, Amazon. It's going to be released uh, late July or the first week of August but it's going down. I'm really excited about it. So I will let you guys know more about that. Other exciting news always coming up that I will let you know about. So um, until episode 215, I'm out of here. I hope everybody has a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.